Hello, my name is Rosella and I'm a freshman at Providence Baptist College. Welcome to Maverick Messages, where you will hear soul-stirring sermons that we hear each and every school day. Please enjoy the following Maverick message. Mark chapter 10 in your Bibles. This morning we'll get started in verse number 35. Mark chapter 10, verse 35. And James and John, who? Who? The sons of Zebedee came unto him, saying, Master, who's master? We would that thou shouldest do for us whatsoever we shall desire. And he said unto them, What would ye that I should do for you? They said unto him, Grant unto us that we may sit one on the right hand, thy right hand, and the other on thy left hand in thy glory. But Jesus said unto them, Ye know not what ye ask. Can ye drink of the cup that I drink of? And be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? And they said unto him, We can. And Jesus said unto them, Ye shall indeed drink of the cup that I drink of, and with the baptism that I am baptized with all shall ye be baptized. But to sit on my right hand and on my left hand is not mine to give, but it shall be given to them for whom it is prepared. And when the ten heard it, they began to be much displeased with James and John. But Jesus called them to him and saith unto them, Ye know that they which are accounted to rule over the Gentiles exercise lordship over them, and their great ones exercise authority upon them. But so shall it not be among you, for whosoever will be great among you shall be your minister. And whosoever you will be the chiefest shall be servant of all. For even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. Our text verse this morning is verse number 38. And this statement in which Jesus responded to them by saying, Ye know not what ye ask. I'll preach this morning on that thought. Ye know not what you ask. In today's world, I believe that we're limiting our potential by putting demands on God with false expectations. And if you and I are not careful... You and I may not be as brash as James and John to verbalize to the master, if you will, as they did to allow them to sit in a certain location or be one of the ten that the other ten that were misguided as well. But we may do it in different ways. And I believe that if you're not careful, even as a Bible college student, There can be demands that you're putting on God that ye know not what you ask. Instead of it being the opposite where there's an element of humility where wherever the Lord wants me to sit. How many times have you ever gone to a restaurant with somebody, you know it's a big group, right? And everybody just plays musical chairs around the table because you're trying to figure out where you're going to sit with your friends, right? Well, you sit here and you sit there and somebody jumps in and says, no, you sit here, you sit there. And and it takes you 35 minutes to sit at the table because everybody wants to be in a certain place. You know, oftentimes I believe that's exactly what we're doing to God. We're putting expectations on him to place us where we want to be. That's unrealistic. And if we can hear the truth from the Bible this morning, ye know not what you ask. And we'll get into some of the things this morning. I believe 
that if you're not careful, myself, you included uh, as young adults in preparatory school to serve God with your life, in one form or another, I think we'd be prudent to analyze that aspect. Are we putting demands on God for what God should do for us instead of us yielding our entirety to do what God wants from us? Father, I pray that you'll bless the chapel this morning, the young people, as we get started in this new semester, Lord, a wonderful group of people, Lord, that can make a great impact for eternity, and I pray that you'll help their hearts or minds to be in tune with you today. Help us, Lord, as we preach your word, that you'll help us to know the principle behind it, and make it applicable where uh, necessary, illustrated where necessary, Lord, and may we live uh, the truths out that we should change and this reproof, rebuke, exhortation, whatever it may fit, may be done with all long-suffering. And we'll ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. I believe in today's climate, we have more, more than not, and I'm talking about those in, within our churches. I'm not talking about the, those who are outside of our church. I'm talking about those who are in churches and perhaps those that are in Bible college that want a crown of glory. They don't want a crown of thorns. And you've got to to stop because this is very important to understand that we live in a very selfish-centered, self-centered society where we want the adoration, we want the, the praise of man, we want a crown of glory, and we don't want a crown of thorns. But everything that we claim to believe is centered on the principle of Jesus Christ who left all so that he could wear a crown of thorns so you and I could be free. And in doing so, we're trying to take the glory from God. That doesn't make much sense at all, does it? And we want a crown of glory. We don't want to wear a crown of thorns. Well, how is that manifested? It's manifested in our lives. It's evidenced in our lives all times. When you resent the challenges, you resent the expectations, you resent the accountability, you resent the opportunity. And those things become resentful because it comes a headlong accountability will come headlong in your life somewhere where it places demands on your life that you, if you're not careful and I, if we're not careful, we can make ourselves out to be victims instead of wearing a crown, instead of wearing a crown of thorns for the cause of Christ. We want a crown of glory. We want the bus route that's closest to the church so we can get off every early every Sunday. We want the bus route that's closest on Saturday or farthest on Saturday so we can do less and, and more drive on, on Saturday more. See, if we got what we wanted, we, we, we could spend more time in the car, more time on the phone, more time doing what we want to do than actually doing something for the cause of Christ. Come on, stay with me. Because we want a crown of glory. We don't want a crown of thorns. We want, we want, we want a crown of glory, but we don't want it to cost us anything. We, we're, we're in Bible college and we don't want to, listen, Bible college is absolutely useless if it's on a weekend you don't learn to put an application what you learn Monday through Friday. It absolutely does nothing more than give you intellectualism, which can make you a dead Christian. The whole purpose on weekend ministry is not for you. And listen, I don't, it doesn't matter. Some of you have opportunities to exercise weekends at your home church. I'm fine with that. You go at home. But if you're going home because you know at home you can get away in cowardice for you being accountable for what you're being given on Monday through Friday, I don't care who you are. I don't care who your pastor is. I'm calling you out in the reality that you're missing the whole point. 
Your pastor doesn't want to do that to you. He's invested in your life. Your parents have. Why are you looking for opportunities to wear a crown of glory on Saturday instead of a crown of thorns that keeps you out on the ministry for a few extra minutes, a few extra minutes, a few extra minutes? Do you know how many people have graduated from Providence? And they've told me, they've come to me, men that were humble enough to say, Pastor, the worst semester of my life, the worst year of my life is when I went home for the weekend instead of me just staying in my place. I didn't do nothing. There was no accountability. I watched, I played video games and I watched college football all semester long. I didn't knock any doors. I didn't lead anybody to the Lord. I didn't give the gospel out and I got away with it because I took the path of least resistance because he wanted a crown of glory. He didn't want a crown of thorns. Listen, we're talking about a place of accountability that gives you the opportunity. Hey, you know not what you ask. You often want to be used by God. God, use me for your glory and for your honor. God can't get the glory with how we live our life as long as you and I are wearing the crown that belongs to God. But until, think about what the crown of thorn actually means. What does that even mean for you and me? God's not asking us for to die on the cross. He's not asking us to do anything difficult. The biggest thing that we can do for God is just give Him a little more of our time. And that doesn't even cost us much. Maybe a few dollars here, maybe a few minutes here. But at the end of the day, hey, you better settle this in in your life. You know not what you ask when you're trying to rob God of the glory that he deserves because you refuse to wear a crown of thorns. You want a coronation, not a crucifixion. Not just a crown of, not just a crown of glory, but we want a coronation. Don't you know who I am? Don't you, I'm an I'm a upperclassman. Don't you know what my title is? I'm a bus captain. So now you can start flexing the coronation of your title instead of the crucifixion of the saint of God, which is Galatians chapter 2.20. We're crucified with, with Christ, but all week long we want a crown of glory. All week long we want a coronation. Well, don't you know who I am? You can't talk to me that way. And we run around, instead of, instead of us wearing a crown of thorns, instead of us, instead of us looking for, to die daily, to be crucified with Christ, we run around and we want some sort of coronation because we, you, want some, you want some special treatment because, bless God, you don't know who I am. You know not what you ask. Man, we're wasting our time in this Christian life when we're impressed with ourselves. And as long as we're impressed with ourselves, then we're not going to be the chiefest. It'll be revealed that we're, the, we're, we're just arrogant. That doesn't do anything for God. God told us, he, the, the Lord tells us in Luke chapter 22, verse 27, he says, For whether is greater he that sitteth at meat or he that serveth, is not he that sitteth at meat, but I am among you as he that serveth. What did Jesus Christ say? Hey, I'm not here to take. I'm here to give. I'm not here for, he said, I'm not here for a crown of glory. I'm here for a crown of thorns. I'm not here for a coronation. I'm here for a crucifixion. And how much better would it be for the child of God today to get off of the selfishness in how we live our lives trying to rob from God what he rightfully deserves. And in response to that, it should be in your life and my life. You know not what you ask. Not only that, but we want pomp and power, not the fellowship of his sufferings. We want the pomp and the power. We want the pomp and the circumstance. 
We want the praise of man. We don't want the fellowship of his sufferings. What is the worst of the worst that God has led you through in your life? There's so much privilege. They talk about all this DEI nonsense and diversity, equity, inclusion, whatever. I think it's spelled wrong. It should be D-I-E, right? The reality is, stop. If you're not on your way to hell, that's privilege. How about that? They don't include that one in there. Let's include that one. Say by the blood of Jesus Christ, privilege. Hey, we're in so much trouble today, but it's creeping into our churches and into our homes. We're being robbed from even just biblical sense because we're looking for we're looking for the praise of man, the crown of glory, the coronation, and the pomp and power. You know the Latin word for the Latin the Latin word for ambition, which is very interesting. It means to canvas. The, the root of it is canvassing for power or for promotion. Excuse me, canvassing for promotion. Now, ambition is not a bad word, is it? But when the ambition, the root of ambition is when you're canvassing for promotion for yourself, that's called self-ambition, selfish ambition. And when your ambition is about promoting yourself, where you canvass, you live your life, that's to throw yourself out there as a canvas to promote yourself. You and I are in a whole lot of trouble, aren't we? And as long as you and I are trying to live a life that's self-promoting, then guess who's not getting the glory? You know the Bible word for the opposite of the word self-ambition in the Bible? The word is labor. That labor also means ambition. Wherefore, whether we labor in, in, in present or absent in our body, we labor for who? You know what that is? That's ambition. What is that for? Looking to promote God. And if you and I don't have the right ambitions in our lives, you know what we're going to end up doing is we're taking the glory that belongs to God and we have no idea. Listen, today uh, there's so much narcissism amongst our youth today. And I'm talking about, I'm talking about little five and six year olds that are being raised on the cell phone being raised on social media, and their mind is being robbed. These are the kids that you're going to minister to one day. These are the kids that are coming on the bus. These are the kids that are going to be in your youth group. These are the kids that are all over the place that are going to really, it's going to be, it's going to be a heartache what's coming in the future. And I don't know what's going on around here, but it is not, it is way too hot in this auditorium. You, you, we've got to, we've got to get, we've got to do something. We've got to do something to know, hold on, if I'm going to make a difference for these kids, I'm going to have to set the example for them to follow. But you can't do that when you want a crown of glory. Because then it's do as I say, not as I do. We don't want that today. Listen, I'm talking about old time Christianity that understood, no. No, 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 I can't put those expectations on God. Can't demand from God whether I can sit on the right hand or sit on the left hand. How inappropriate is that? We, our ambition today of canvassing promotion is to be seen. Isn't that where we are with social media today? We want everybody to see us. Yeah, it can get quiet. We want everybody to see us. We want everybody to approve us. We want, everybody, we want to be popular. We want to be in control. We want to stand well or fit in. 
Listen, God didn't call God didn't call you and I as the children of God to fit in. God called us to stand. He didn't say go stand out in regards to, 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 to make it about you, but in doing so, you can you can make a difference by you can make a difference by you just understanding that I'm not listen, it's okay with assimilating with your environment, but not trying to fit in. Because when you and I start trying to fit in with our peers, we're leveling out our ambition for what God wants from us. And that ambition takes labor. And then what you end up doing is you just start, you just start comparing yourself among yourselves and say, well, hey, at least I know I got my gospel for the week, and at least I know I did this, and at least I know, and you start doing this instead of how much more God wants to do with your life. And in doing so, you don't know what you're asking. You're asking for God. You're asking for God. I don't know that there's anybody in here that wouldn't say, God, I want to live my life for you. I want to please you. I want to serve you with all my days. But then on the other hand, God's like, whoa, you don't even know what you're asking. You you have no clue what you're asking. You want that, but you want a crown of glory more than you want that crown of thorns. So which is it? Which is it? A double-minded man is unstable in all those ways. I meet so many young people and they want to say, I want to serve God with my life, but. I want to do the will of God, but. And you might never say that in, 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 in vocabulary, but you say it in your life because you go against everything that God has for you. You want your will over God's will. You want the glory of God. You don't want to follow the Bible model. You want to tell God. You want to demand from God. And you know not what you ask. Because if you would just surrender in service everything that you actually desire, if you were to try to pursue it in a biblical pattern, God would give you the desires of your heart. But because you refuse to yield to the will of God, robbing the glory upon yourself to be seen of man and approved of man and promoted by man and be popular with man, you're too consumed to being liked and fit in because you want that pressure that's on you to be lifted from you because you want to be cool or you want to be not so hot. You want to be whatever the situation is you're missing it in doing so you know not what you ask of God Jeremiah 45 5 says and seekest thou great things just Jeremiah to Baruch and seekest thou great things for thyself seek them not and in today's climate you know what we want we want it all certain temperature and we want it all eat and drink and be merry we don't want we don't want any we don't want any difficulty understanding that the very difficulties some of the best illustrations that I could give you today are only as a result of somebody who had to overcome obstacles and went through oppression and depression and sickness and tragedy and distresses were all about him we could go through the life of Paul and it's motivating to go through his life but at the end of the day we'll spend more time in the mirror than we will with our face in the word of God we'll spend more time in pursuit of a self than we will in selflessness. We'll spend more time trying to get people to be happy with us and pursue a relationship with, the, with a boyfriend or a girlfriend than we ever will and, and on our knees in prayer. And as a result of that, we want God to bless what we want when we want it, but we don't want to live for God. And I'm saying it again, you don't know what you're asking for to sit on the right hand or on the left hand. That is not for me to give. And Jesus tells him, hey, if you want anything, just be a servant. You want to do anything in this life, just be a servant. It was said, because we, the children of Adam, want to become great, he became small. Because we, the children of Adam, will not stoop 
he humbled himself. Because we, the children of Adam, want to rule, he had to come to serve. If you and I don't understand the context of the scripture, where that statement is may never have come out of your mouth in words, but in all of our lives it's come out. Where we want something from God. Hey, we got a request for you, God. And how many people have quit when they didn't get the answer they wanted? And the end result of that is this. For even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. Who is being reached with the gospel of Jesus Christ? Not because of your talents. Not because somebody else tells you you have to. Who is being reached in your life on a daily or a weekly basis? Because what motivates you is not a crown of glory. It's not a coronation. It's not pomp or power. But what motivates you is the ministry of service. Where it's not, oh, what a good opportunity for my accountability report. It's a minister of Jesus Christ. Where it's a little extra time on the bus route. Yeah, but it's so cold. Extra phone call, an extra text message. The Lord laying somebody on your heart. And you go to ministry mode in a non-designated time. Instead of demanding from God what you can get from Him, why don't you give? as a minister. You'll be getting somewhere in life when what you do is done for the right reason. And I'm afraid that we've got 20-year-olds and 30-year-olds, 40-year-olds and 50-year-olds and churches that are filled with people. And the only reason they do what they do is not out of ministers of service. It's because of manipulation of man or manipulation of their own heart. And they ask from God what they don't know, they're really asking. Because their heart and their mind and their body and their soul and their spirit
is not motivated for the right reasons. And your first impulse is, oh man, I really wanted to have somebody on the bus. Man, I really wanted to give a... Whoa, whoa, whoa. God, I really want... And we demand from God. Who's it for? Who's it for? Well, you know, the college is going to make me fill out this piece of paper, and if I don't do this later long, then the deans will call me in, and i got to answer. Who's it for? You know, if you'll do it for the right reasons, you'll get the end results. You won't have to do it out of the fear of man. Because the fear of man brings a snare. But the fear of the Lord will motivate you. Hey, James and John, James and John, you don't know what you're asking. You know, I'm looking at, I'm looking at a good group of young people. But if you're not careful, in your mind, you'll come pre-programmed with demands from God. And when you don't get the answer that you want, you'll resent God. And it's all because you didn't even know what you were asking. Because you asked it from a heart of arrogance and not a heart of humility. And, and if, we could, if we could just back off just a little bit and understand, no, let's set our affection on things above. Let's labor. Let's let it cost us. Let's be willing to wear a crown of thorns and the fellowship of his sufferings and even the crucifixion. And in doing so, watch what God can do through you despite you and at the end of the day you won't place demands on god because you got to do it you'll thank god that you were honored enough that he was honored enough to bless your endeavors because you did it for the right reasons how important it is for us to make sure we do what we do because it's the right brother hall was just trying to raise money there's there hey behind that behind that there <laughs> i had somebody in my office yesterday and they're like well how do you know the difference between principle and emotion well number one if it's a principle it'll be in the bible if it's a motion, you'll have to drum it up somewhere. You know, behind the fundraising, even for the college for $17,000, you know what's behind that? You. You may say, how's that me? Because this is for you. And it puts an imprint on your life, and then we get to do it again for somebody else. People are not, people are not millionaires because of this place. There's no retirement funds, and there's not, there's, this, isn't, this, is, this is to keep the work going. You get to have but if you look at it like, oh, here we go, I got it, I have to. But they're making, if I don't, I have to. You're missing the whole point. You're missing the whole point. You pay your taxes whether you like it or not. Whether you like it or not, every one of your checks. Go ahead, look at your check. Look what Uncle Sam does. Robs you. You have to. If you transition your ministry life, with the same perspective as the IRS, why is it that you fear the IRS more than you fear God? If you only tithe, you only give because you're worried about a curse, you're missing the whole point. You're missing the whole point. So much more than that. Don't rob God with your life. Don't demand from God what you don't know. Ye ask not. You ask something, you have no idea what you're even asking. Ye know not what you, let's not, let's stop doing that to God. 
where we're seeking the glory of man, the crown of glory, a, a coronation, or we're pomp and circumstance, instead of, no, let it cost me something. You know, I tell the staff at Northwest Providence and Kyber, all the staff in this ministry, you know what I tell them all the time? Hey, you can turn a receipt in if you want for reimbursement, or you can let it cost you. And as long as, you, this is what I tell our staff, if you ever get to the point that you feel like that you need a reimbursement for everything and you're not willing to put some skin in the game yourself, no, no, you may say, well, well they are with their time. You're right, they are. But it should be the invisible as well. Where it's not just, it's not just what you can get out, it's what you can, the whole life is about what you can give. And if you're not careful, the routine of life will rob you of the spirit of what you say you're doing. Pro Bible college can take that from you. You can lose your excitement. You remember you used to be excited. You got to college and you got a wrong, around the wrong thing. You still want you wrong people and you, you still want God to bless your ministry. You don't understand why it's not happening. It's because you're asking the wrong thing. You know not what you ask. Hey, get back. Warm your hands around that fire again. Get alone with God. Get your excitement back for the cause of Christ. Get motivated for the right reasons. Watch me. Thank you for listening to another Maverick message. We hope this sermon was as much a blessing to you as it was to us. 